The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. And it's a good day to be a Yankee fan, I guess, because do the Yankees even exist anymore? Does baseball exist? I don't know. But it is, what's today, the 29th? December 29th? And we decided to uh, get together and talk about what's gone on so far since the season ended, because I think we did a, like, the Yankees got eliminated on the 6th of October, and we were like, all right, and we'll be back with our regular show like this week. And then we just didn't. Because, like, what else is there to say? And let me just say this. If you listen to this podcast, thank you. But we, I don't have it in me, and I don't think, Nick, I don't think you have it in you, to do what a lot of, like, the other podcasts are doing, which is like, hey, they're still making content, trying to find, like, something... People like tweeting out like, oh, here's an old highlight of like what remember when Aaron Judge on May 20th of 2019 <laughs> went deep like I just don't give a fuck. I don't care about potential moves, what you think they should do or whatever, because there's no league right now. Yeah, we react to the games, right? We watch the games, we react to them and our listeners watch the games and, and want to hear our reactions. And I can't I can't get into that either. And the other thing that I can't get into is. Pick one of these former Yankees and which one would you want to add to the current team? Like these hypothetical bullshit discussions. Like it doesn't doesn't interest me. Yeah, yeah. I just don't care. I'd love I to mean, add Mickey Mantle to the to this current team, but like you can't yeah, do it. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. I just I don't care. I see like um our buddy Joe, the librarian. He he puts out he still puts out stuff and I'm like, how do you even have it in you? Good for him. And forecasting, what I can't get into is all the forecasting of what if we do this? What if we do this? What if this guy becomes available? Like it's just exhausting and 99% of those moves don't come to fruition anyway. So it just seems like a waste of time to me. Yes. Yeah. I just have too much other shit going on to think about that. But let's talk about what has happened. Uh, What could possibly happen? Why I don't think any of it's going to (laughs) happen. Yeah. 
And uh, I think if I were to summarize what the Yankees offseason has been so far, it is them taking the top three things that I didn't want them to do (laughs) and doing them in the exact opposite order. And that is that Brian Cashman has kept his job and is allowed to make decisions about this team. His first decision was to keep Aaron Boone and then to tender uh, Gary Sanchez contract. The three things that I did not want to happen the most or what happened. And I think, you know, sneaking into the playoffs there, maybe kept Cashman's job. Maybe he, you know, maybe he's got pictures of Hal blowing a donkey. I have no idea. <laughs> but it was, you just knew, you knew it was going to happen. You knew it would be too big of a move for them to, to move on from him. Even though, like, we're we're in, like, a league reset right now with this lockout. A great opportunity to move on, and we didn't. Um, and then when that happened, you knew he was like, well, I need my bitch boy back. My yes, man. It, it yeah. was super predictable. And the thing about the Cashman thing is that he had another year left on his deal, so he's still under contract for 22. They were never going to... They were never going to fire him in the middle of a contract. If anything, they would just not renew the next contract. But we've talked about it. His last name is essentially Steinbrenner. I don't think he'll ever get fired. I think the day that Cashman is done as the GM is the day he decides to retire. So never really thought that was in the cards. But the Boone, giving Boone a three-year deal with a player option or coach option or whatever they did, that was so disappointing. Like you want to give him one more year to prove it fine. But the fact that they gave him four years – Four more years of this guy? It's like a shitty president getting elected. Like, why Why are we dealing with this? Well, at the same time, while Boone was technically a free agent for a couple days there, <laughs> there was all this talk of like, well, the Padres might want him. <laughs> Aaron Boone took a team that was one game away from the World Series and were barely making the playoffs. You're going to give him a team that fell out of the playoffs dramatically and now, oh, we should be worried. Don't want to lose that guy. It's I keep going back to the idea. It's like, well, you know, if Aaron Boone's a free agent, you know, there's going to be X amount of other teams that are going to want him. If you break up with your girlfriend, there's going to be guys who want to fuck her. That doesn't mean you should keep her around. Not a good reason for keeping him now. No, it wasn't. And and you talk about the team success, how they were a game away from the World Series and regressed. But you look at the individual players. Glaber has regressed hard under him. Clint, who we'll get to, regressed. Gary regressed under Boone. All these core young players, quote-unquote baby bombers, that were supposed to blossom under the great leadership of Aaron Boone have all kind of gone to shit, and they all suck now. So not only is the team regressed, but individual players, key pieces, have also regressed. I watch a lot of YouTube videos. You know, whether it's like news clips, uh, early 2000s, late 90s wrestling highlights I enjoy. Um, But I watched one on player managers and how, you know, like Pete Rose and some of the, you know, other guys who've done it in the past. And there was a case to be made that we actually are coming up on the opportunity. Like they stopped being player managers. The. You know, Pete Rose gambling played a role in it, but they really stopped because it's essentially two full-time jobs. Like, if you're an everyday player and a manager, it's tough to do two full-time jobs. 
But if you have an experienced, like, veteran player that's, you know, who's not playing every day, which is what Pete Rose was at the time, it became more doable. But now managers matter less and less. And Boone's a prime example of it. I'm not leading to, like, Brett Gardner should be the player manager. I'm just saying that, like other people say, like, managers really don't matter that much, especially when they're Aaron Boone and they're just being handed, here's your lineup. Right, but I'd still rather have somebody that could at least light a fire under the players like Cora does or like Hinch does. Boone clearly doesn't get them fired up at all, and I know the players have to be self-motivated, but it's just really frustrating. Well, yeah, no, so what I'm saying is the – the only thing that matters at this point is firing up. Like, he's being handed a lineup. Like, your only job is to motivate these guys at this point because you can't being do told it. who to play. Yeah, he's got very little power in terms of decisions. We we all know that. And they, they say that he makes the lineup, but we everybody knows that he does not make the lineup. And the thing is, is they hand him a lineup and with a strong recommendation. And if he pushes back, they, they basically tell him, like, you better be fucking right. And if this doesn't work, it's on you. So he's he's almost discouraged well, what's that even from mean? pushing back. It's on you. What's that? He got a four-year contract. Uh, yeah, it's I don't know. You. But I'm just – for everything I've read, it seems like he's very – he's not encouraged to push back or discuss. I think they just want him to nod his head and say, okay. The other night I watched half of Moneyball. Like, it was like, you know, flipping through the channels. Call yeah, it. yeah. And when um, Billy Bean just – when he wants to play uh, Scott Hatterberg – and uh, I forget the manager's name now, um, but he wouldn't he wouldn't play him. Art Howe, he wouldn't play him. Uh, so he just traded Carlos Pena and Jeremy Giambi. He was like, "All right, now I'm just gonna, I'm gonna tr- the guys you're playing. I'm just gonna trade. So now you can't play them anymore." You know, a little fun fact: I've never seen Moneyball. Really? I don't fuck with Billy Bean at all. I think he's the most overrated sports figure ever. Never even been to a World Series. Why am I gonna read a book about? The division series that he. I'm talking about win. watching a movie. Eh, I just am not. I, I just don't support it. I think it's stupid. Starring Brad Pitt, eh. Jonah not, Hill. I'm also not a big movie guy. I'm just very anti. How many times have you rewatched The Sopranos during this winter? Probably like you've two or three this winter. You've rewatched. Oh uh, no, no. This oh. probably over the past year. I've probably watched it twice. You've watched the whole Soprano series twice in the last year. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, watch Moneyball. It's a good movie. It's not even a good baseball movie. It's what just have the a athletics good movie. accomplished? Well, I don't care about their model. They didn't win. Billy Bean gets all this credit for what? Because they had a couple of good teams with a small payroll. Cool. I just I'm not into but it. But it changed like so he did it with very little money, did not win the World Series. Other teams now do it with more money and win the World Series. I think he should have went and taken a job in a bigger market and see if he could actually win instead of hiding in Oakland and always having that cover up of oh the payroll's small. Maybe it's you like should watch. Maybe you should watch the movie maybe. and see that he's a divorced dad and he gets flown out to Boston and offered the deal to go to Boston and because they think his science can beat the curse of the Bambino and his daughter who he just bought a guitar gave him uh, like a, a song that she like recorded and he listened to it he's like i can't move across the country from my daughter so now he's executive vice president of the athletics and they still haven't won and he doesn't care he also says i don't care about winning a ring i care about changing the game 
Dude, you sound. Th- these are all the people that you make fun of. The process-oriented people, the result, the analytics. It's about results. It's a, it's a results-oriented business, and he's he's never even been to the dance. He's never been to a World Series. Like, give me a. The break. movie's not about Billy Bean. <laughs> I, I, oh. I can't support anything. I can't support anything Billy Bean, man. I can't do it. I don't think he gets. I think if you watch the movie, I don't think he gets any money if you watch it now on FXX. <laughs> I think it's on. I think it's on Netflix, dude. You uh, got come on, watch Moneyball. It's such a good movie. It's a, a genuinely just good movie. Yeah, you learn. Good. You learn about like how some trades come together, how they think about you know players and analyzing them. You get to see some of the old stuff, like how like you know it starts out. He's in a room full of old scouts. And they're talking about players, and he's like, "Well, that guy's got an ugly girlfriend." And they're like, "What?" He goes, "No confidence." And it's like <laughs> that's how they picked baseball players. We're like, "Oh, well, he's got no confidence because his girlfriend's ugly." It's a fun movie, dude. I can't believe you haven't seen it. Haven't seen it, man. Billy Bean haven't makes no it. money if you watch it. We'll see. You're gonna watch it. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a link to it. I'm gonna find it. Um. Maybe I'll watch it. One thing we're gonna have to watch is Gary misplaying balls. Pass what's this? Balls, th- what's the thing gonna pop-ups. be? What's the thing gonna be this off season? How has he reinvented himself? <laughs> yeah, the best shape <laughs> of his life. Because yeah, it's New about time. Because it's about time for that. New throwing motion. Did yeah, he I go play in the like Dominican Winter League for like four at bats? What happened to that? That was last year. That was the end of 2020. Hicks played in the Winter League this year. Another one of our uh, stars. <laughs> Hicks hit like 250 in the winter. He hit like 250 for like eight games. Yeah, awesome. He's ready to go. So, yeah, we don't have a catcher. We don't have a center fielder. We don't have a shortstop. But other than that, we're we're all set, man. I still believe 100% that the Yankees infield, I said this at the end of last season, I still feel your infield for this year, is going to be DJ LeMahieu at first base, Glaber at second, Simmons or some stopgap one Rangers to two guy, year guy. The hyphenated name, I forget his name. He, he maybe him. Yeah, and Geo at third, and that's it. That's your infield. That's what's going to happen. That's super depressing. I agree with all of it, except I do think they will sign or acquire a real first baseman, whether that's re-signing Rizzo, whether that's trading for Matt Olson, whether that's signing Freddie Freeman, maybe. I, I think they're going to add one player, but they are not signing a big shortstop. They're not signing Trevor Story. They're not signing Carlos Correa. I don't even know who else is, is left. I know Simeon and Seager are off the board, but these these posts and these things I see about Correa, if they weren't going to pay Seager, who you know, walks, talks, and looks like a Yankee, hits like a Yankee, would fit into that clubhouse beautifully, is left-handed, is everything that they need. If they weren't going to pay him, they're not going to pay the guy that everybody in the clubhouse hates. It just makes no sense. Everyone hates. He openly, publicly criticizes what many people consider to be one of, if not, he's a Mount Rushmore Yankee, Derek Jeter. Oh, right, yeah. Like, yeah, you... And then on top of all that, apparently Detroit offered him a huge contract, but uh, he was hesitant and they became hesitant because unless you make an offer, they won't show you his medical reports. Right, right, right. So it's like everyone on Twitter is just making up in their mind that we're going to sign this guy that everyone hates 
doesn't respect the franchise and is probably injured. Ba- yeah, based on nothing. It's 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 just a pipe dream. It's it's people wanting to wish their wishes into existence. It, it's really baffling. Seager, if they were going to pay one of the big shortstops, it was going to be Seager because he's left-handed. He hits high-velocity pitching. He hits really good pitching. We don't have a lot of players that can hit quality pitching. We have guys that hit home runs against the Orioles and the Royals. So Seager was going to be the guy. Once they passed on him, I kind of realized they weren't going to pay anybody. I still think they're going to like re-sign Rizzo. Or maybe trade for so Olsen. Gotta, I think so. I think when we say it's so easy to say resign, right? Saying resign is much easier than saying sign because there's you know some familiarity. Yeah, he knows yeah. what he's got in the GPS. Yeah, but when we're talking about a trade deadline guy who is going to command a big contract, I don't think it's that easy to resign Rizzo. You have to remember the Yankees are at the luxury tax. Yes, the New York Yankees have never said ever, 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 ever have said, we're just resetting the luxury tax, and then we're going to spend. Never have said that. Brian Cashman has said, we obviously have things that we need to address. That does not mean we've now reset the luxury tax, and we're going to go spend, right? That's va- Yeah, it's vague. It was a vague statement, but they, they have to do something, and, and you know they, they? kind of give do up they? on Void. Do they have to? They want to be competitive, and they gave up on Voight. I think they realized that Voight isn't the answer. They barely played him down the stretch. He was hurt well, he was the entire year. I just, well, where I are you going to play him? Because you got you had Rizzo at the time. We can't get another free Rizzo. See, I don't think Rizzo's going to cost that much either. I think they could get him for like three years. I don't know, $20 million a year, $25 million a year. He's 32. He, he hit like 250 260 last year. I don't think he's going to cost a ton. And I think he loved it here. The Yankees have a budget. And that budget has about $15 left in it. <laughs> it does. And you're throwing over. a casual 20 mil to an eight. Like, and again, gold glove. Great guy. Struggled a little bit down the stretch. Also, I mean, who knows how it's going to, you know, we're, we're going to talk about the CBA and stuff. As of right now, as far as we understand it, would not be eligible to play nine games in Toronto because of his vaccination status, is not allowed to cross the border. Oh, right. It's Judge one year. Neither. Uh, Judge isn't either, man. It's w- scary. One year of divisional games against a hot up-and-coming team. I'm not saying that's the biggest factor. I'm not saying you don't re-sign the guy if the price is right. I'm saying when you have very little wiggle room, Gary Sanchez is going to get a raise. Yeah, you got what do you get? Eight, eight and a half million, eight million. Yeah, like these guys are gonna get a raise. They still have to figure out judge's contract for this year because he's gonna uh, get um, I, 15, I, 17 million. I, Gallo, another arbitration guy. <sighs> these guys are all arbitration eligible. They're all gonna get raises. I mean, Gallo is a back-to-back Gold Glove outfielder. Gallo, I, I can't stand Gallo. This guy is such a fucking waste. We hit one eighty. He looks so lost. All we needed was Rizzo other- and Gallo. All we needed was Rizzo and Gallo. Now here we are, World Series champions. <laughs> I, I really can't stand Gallo. I was kind of – I was, I guess, a little bit intrigued when they signed him. And after watching him for like a week, I realized, okay, this is why he was available. Like the guy cannot put the bat on the ball. Yeah, everybody just, just got excited because we got a couple Italians. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, these guys are Italian. We're not playing stickball. All right? We're playing Major League Baseball. No, I you mean, think they're just going to sign Simmons and like do nothing else. You think they're actually going to stay under two ten? I think they're going to go up 
to 220, 225. I think they're going to go up a little. But that's still not. So, yeah, they have to. They're going to have to go up to 220, up to 225. But what you're talking about and what to really do this, we need to be at 250, 260. Yes. And then that's not even factoring in that next year you have Joey Gallo, Aaron Judge, Gary Sanchez, all free agents. Which will be a lot of salary relief. They're going to pay Judge, even though I think giving him a seven or eight year deal until he's 38 would be really stupid. But I don't see them letting him walk. I mean, probably best case scenario at this point, if the Yankees don't make any moves, if the Yankees don't make these big moves to really put us, you know, in real contention, is, you know, like an early, like, miss a lot of time judge injury. Just so that it's like, oh, well, obviously we're not going to sign this guy. This is going to be a big year. I think he's going to try and play through whatever he can play through this year so that he, he's going to want to go into free agency and say, I played 142 games or I played 146 games. If, if something's nagging or if something's borderline, he's going to play because he, you know he hates the injury prone. I right? hope he's doing this offseason whatever he did last offseason. Yeah. Like whatever, you know, and whether it's the medical staff that the Yankees have, if they play a role in it at all, you know. Whatever it is, it's worked. Like, I hope that, you know, happens again. But, yeah. So, I mean, with Gary's contract, it's – I mean, we don't we don't have wiggle room. I, now, I may be wrong. I would be happy to be wrong. But I have seen no evidence that the Yankees are going to make a big splash other than people making up scenarios on Twitter and then getting mad at Lindsey Adler when they don't happen. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. And I thought Simeon would have made a lot of sense. He hit, I don't know, 46 homers. He rakes at Yankee Stadium. I think 10 of his homers came at Yankee Stadium. I mean, even Scherzer, Verlander, any of these guys, like they didn't sign any of them. Starling Marte, like just sign between Seeger, Simeon, Verlander, Scherzer, and Marte. If you would have just signed one of those guys, before the lockout. I think everybody would have been like, okay, and they just fucking whiffed on everybody. Do you think at all there's like the uh we're you know, we're waiting to see what happens with this lockout? No, I think that's an excuse. I I think that's bullshit. Look at all the teams that made moves. Like wh- what are they waiting to see? Where's the tax gonna be? What what the vaccination rules or the COVID protocols are no, like, who cares? I mean, unless they thought that there is gonna be some kind of you know that like the tax is going to go up dramatically. You know it becomes three hundred million or whatever it is. But even I guess if you thought it was going to be that, you would have just made the signings. Agreed. And the other reason I don't agree with that is because I read something that Hal is campaigning, or he's he's on the board of owners that are you know talking about the luxury tax, and and he's pushing for it to go down to like 180 or something. So he, yeah. he's advocating for lower. So that so he'd I probably love that. a sal- unlike his dad. He'd probably love a salary cap. Yeah, which so which is so fucking depressing. And real quick, I know we always debate the Cashman Boone thing or the Cashman Hal thing, who's more at fault. I've spent a lot of time in the shower walking around just thinking about this over the <laughs> I could imagine. And I think that it's about 60% Cashman's fault. 40% house fault because the biggest competitive advantage the Yankees have is their money. And I don't think they should have a $500 million payroll, but I do think the payroll should at least be higher than it was in 2005 to keep up with inflation. Like we're kind of handicapping ourselves by saying we have to stay under 210. And I, but I do think 
Cashman should be doing more with the 210. So I, I just think they're both at fault. Uh, yeah, I mean, I still think. You're all cash, right? If I say, hey, you have $210 million to spend, and you have that every year for the last, you know, whatever it's been that they've been at that, you know, 15 years, you, like, there was no, none of this is inherited. Every decision, every dollar that is spent, it was a Brian Cashman decision. There's no, like, oh, we got this bad contract. There's no, oh, well, you know, George, you know, George really wanted A-Rod, so he re-signed him, you know, made it happen. Every decision about everyone on that roster was made by Brian Cashman. And if Hal was like, listen, I know we're the Yankees, but we're only going to spend 150 mil, I get it. But the league, to try to keep things somewhat fair, somewhat competitive, have said, here is, here's this number. It's $210 million. You over it, you have to pay a penalty. And I understand Hal saying, you have 210. Show me, show me that it's worth it to go over. But like, if they went over and they spent another $10 million, which then with the tax is really $15 million, there's not that deal that's out there that puts us over, that puts us there. Not anymore, but I think there was. A, before, I, if they would have signed Seeger and maybe yeah. Scherzer, all like there that was there in the beginning. Yeah, you signed if, Seeger and Scherzer. You're you're in fucking business. You're a World Series contender. Well, so but that's not fifteen million dollars. No, mean, I know that, they would have had to blow. I, they would yeah, have had to blow past it. Yeah, so he's not like Brian Cashman hasn't gotten us close enough. That it makes sense. If we lost in the ALCS, yeah, but we limped into the playoffs. Yeah, the I see. Years. I see what you're saying in terms of the team performance. And when you look at how the payroll is structured, the fact that I think Britain and Chapman make a combined are going to make 32 million next year combined. Britain's yeah. not going to pitch all year, and Chapman will probably blow a bunch of saves. That's money down the toilet. And then, but you know, you you think ahead to an off season from now, and we'll have, I guess, Judge coming off, Gallo coming off. And then Britton and Chapman coming off, they're probably going to have like 50, 60 million to play with. Gary coming off. Gary coming off too. So yeah, 60 mil. So, but yeah, the, the, the way that they allocated money, so much money to the back end of the bullpen that has sucked anyway, I think that's been the worst part for Cashman. And paying Hicks. That, that never made any sense giving him 70 million. No, I mean, I still think he, obviously he hasn't been healthy. And that has, you know, that's been the huge issue and coming back from those injuries. But, I mean, $10 million to have a center fielder who sees a lot of pitches at the time, we could walk away from that contract. We could walk away from it right now and it wouldn't matter. But they're not going to eat. They're not going to eat that $10 million. They want to. You know why they're not going to eat? Because plugging in a better center fielder right now does not. There's no one at that price or lower. Like, there's just not someone available right now. Where it's going to financially make sense to say, hey, you know what? We can eat this and, and it's going to be fine because we're going to sell a lot of jerseys and, and you know playoff tickets. Did you want Starling Marte or did you think he was too old? Because he stole like 50 bases last year. He's still really fast. I mean, he's athletic. What was the contract that he ended up getting? I think he got $78 million over four. What's that, like 19 a year? Yeah. I mean, the idea of like being athletic and having a guy who would steal like 50 bases, it, you know, seems exciting to me but there are just there are so many other issues um that you know i I don't know that that was gonna you know 
and when I look at we don't have a shortstop, we don't have a first baseman, we uh, we really don't have a catcher. Center fielders much further down on my list. Okay, so my question was going to be when you think about the up the middle positions, right? Because championship teams are built up the middle, catcher, short, and center field. What's the biggest problem? Do you think it's shortstop? We need a shortstop. We don't have a major league yeah. shortstop. Like we don't have a we don't have a shortstop on our roster. You can win a World Series with a, a mediocre at best catcher. Yes. But we I don't think we have a center fielder either. Hicks Hicks, I think over the past three years has played in less than 162 games total. And I know 2020 was shortened, yeah. but he's been playing like 30, 40 games a year. And when he does play, he moves and acts like a corner outfielder. He's slow. He's kind of bulky. Like they need an I'm all for playing center. Joey Gallo in center field. Yeah, I guess I guess that's fine. But I just – Run him if, into the ground. You look up if the you're middle, not going to re-sign him, yeah. run him into the ground. Fuck it. He played center field in Texas, which is a bigger outfield. They're so weak up the middle, man. I mean, you talked about catcher and short, and they just—they don't have. That's three humongous holes, and they don't really have a first baseman either. And the other issue to me is, if you sign an everyday center fielder, you know, if you go out somewhere and you don't have, you know, where Hicks maybe you feel a little more comfortable being like, ah, you know, maybe you're not going to play every day. You've got Stanton back in the DH hole, just clogging it up, and it can't be August in Miami before he's ready to play. Like he played significantly better when he overall, when he played in the field, it was night and day and there aren't a ton of interesting storylines with this team admittedly, but I am interested to see, okay, do they start that opening day? Do they wait till the all-star break? Do they ease him in in May? Because clearly playing the outfield had some sort of effect on him. Yeah. Being a baseball player, you know, just like get in to do your job. Yeah. I mean, I, I could see, like, yeah, you're going to put him out there, whatever it is, you know, April 5th in a, a wet, cold New York. No, of course not. That would Guess be stupid. Tigers, yeah. yeah, that would be stupid. But, hey, we're playing, you know, somewhere in a dome. We're playing somewhere in the south. Yeah, let's get it going. And now it's May. All right. Now, you're, you know, you got to play five days a week. And I think the original plan that you had was basically to alternate judge and stand between right field and DH. I think that's the more I've thought about that and seeing what happened last year, that that makes the most sense to me. Just every other day, one of them DHs, one of them plays the outfield. And if they play an interleague series and they're tied for the last wild card spot, they both have to play every game. Like the load management has to stop. Yeah, I think you go back and forth, you know, every other day for six days, seventh day. Someone, you know, one of them gets a day off. Like, you got to work days off in there. I'm not expecting these guys to play 162. Um, but, yeah, you get your day off in there every once in a while. And now you've got two beasts who can play still out there. You keep a Gallo out there. Um, but it's still a very unathletic team, unathletic outfield. It is. And in 2019, they had a ton of injuries and they fired the training staff, right? They brought in Cressy and they, they kind of acknowledged that what they were doing wasn't working. This year, they punted at least 10 games. And felt like they were all on Sundays. They ended up playing the do or die playoff game at Fenway and they got embarrassed. If they wouldn't have punted 10 games, probably play that game at home. Who knows what happens? Do you think they will reexamine their punting slash load management strategy or do you think they're too stubborn? I mean, we gave Aaron Boone a four year contract. Like, there, I have no reason to believe that they're going to – the first step towards that 
I don't know. Maybe they had a conversation with him of like, hey, dude, you guys stop fucking punting these games. But also, he's not making the lineups. Right. But um, the only reason I have hope is because Cashman did acknowledge that his training staff wasn't getting it done and he fired all of them. So maybe maybe he'll see the light here because you got to play them every day. And look, if you're playing 21 days and or 21 games in 20 days in August with three fucking doubleheaders, I get it. But Stanton last year rested the third game of the season. Like you shouldn't start doing that till the summer at least. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Um, what are some other moves we made? So we shipped some people out. Clint is a Chicago Cub. Uh, Odor is an Oriole. Gittens <laughs> went to Japan. Japan. He's on Tanaka's team. Oh, yeah? Yeah, the Golden Eagles, yeah. Oh, two guys who couldn't fucking win for us. <laughs> um, and Tyler Wade is where he should be. Yes. He is a Los Angeles Angel of Anaheim. He grew up about like 30 minutes from the stadium. I mean, this is perfect. You went to New York. Now, listen, you're getting a little older. You're back home. The sun is shining. You can grow, you know, he could grow a little bit of a beard. Do you think he will? He seems like such a clean he's cut. A five, no, guy. he's a five o'clock shadow. He's he a, is? A, yeah, he'll be a bad boy. That's God, him. Okay. He's like, oh, I'm a bad boy now. And everybody that leaves the Yankees, they immediately grow at him. Remember Jabba? He had a beard. He looked like Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah. But, like, Tyler Wade is growing out a five o'clock shadow and, like, leaning on his car in an Ario Speedwagon shirt outside his high school. Like, maybe you guys haven't heard, I've been in New York for a couple of years for most of the season. Some of the time in Scranton, but mostly New York. I get credit. I get a game check, a major league check. Yeah, yeah. he's going to be he's going to be bragging. And I think that was a relief to every Yankee fan. Not that Wade was the problem and not that it was his fault that we but he kind of symbolized this failed player development group yeah. and, and just guys that we didn't think were good enough to be on the roster. And it, we was here, what, five years? It felt like forever. I think he wasn't Tyler Wade on the 09 team. I mean, <laughs> it feels like it was like him and Melky used to hang out. Uh, no, it's. With the Rule 5 draft, we've got to protect players, and you have to come to the realization of, do we need to protect Tyler Wade? Maybe, maybe not. And he passed through, and then the uh, the Angels wanted him. But, like, there wasn't a line of people trying to get him. I mean, Clint, Odor, they both they went through and signed as free agents. Like, nobody was trying to pick them up. And I think Clint's time with the Yankees was just up. There was no like coming back. Like they, we, they didn't like him. He didn't like them. Go to Chicago. They're a bad team right now. He's going to get a lot of playing time in another iconic uniform. Get a chance to reinvent himself. It felt like a bad fit from the start. It just felt like he wasn't meant to be a Yankee. The Yankees are very traditional, very buttoned down. He's very eccentric, tries to do his own thing. The night that he misplayed, I think, three balls, it was a Sunday night against Boston, then didn't want to talk to the media. Yeah. That, that's when you knew it That doesn't work. work, yeah. Yeah, and then they didn't take him to London, like, the next week. Yeah, and he's dealt with, uh, you know, obviously some health issues. So the hope is, like, you know, get out there and in Chicago and make it work for yourself and then, you know, see what happens. Yeah, and I think it was kind of – I think they were both at fault. I think he could have been a little bit you know, better behaved, but I also think they could have played him more and actually given him the job. And I do think they jerked him around a little bit and, and kind of stalled his development. One of, those, one of those situations where they were both at fault. I he thought. also said he lied about injuries. He was like, yeah, I wasn't up front. He did an interview with the uh, Barstool guys. Oh, okay, he was just gotcha. like, 
I wasn't up front, you know, with things because like I thought I was fighting for my life, fighting for my career. Yeah, so I, I don't blame. Him for I that. went out there and I made it worse. And here's what it is. I think it's big to to admit that. I think you know, Gittins. I think Gittins just said like, "You're not going to put me on the major league roster. I can make this money in Japan." Yeah, go to yeah. Japan. <laughs> and you know, we let him go. Um, and Odor is just a matter of like. We had him for the minimum for next year. He's still getting paid like a billion dollars by Texas, but like he had, he either struck out or hit a big home run, and like that, he's just not part of our future. Nah, and never was it. Or he popped up the first pitch. His at bats were were kind of hard to watch. Every once in a while he'd pop one, but he had some terrible, terrible. Another two ten. Yeah, we have too many guys hitting fucking two ten. Yeah. He called timeout and hit a home run, and then got <laughs> mad that he called. The, that they gave him time out. He did. I did like his energy, and he, he seemed, like, feisty. And he actually yeah. gave a shit on, like, half the team. But he's just not a part of the future. No. Not not good enough. Cleared out. Gotta, yeah. Yeah. So you just clear out some of those spots to see who's going to come. I mean, I, I don't even remember where he's. I think the first free agent signing was Andrew Haney. I think he's wherever he signed. I think he was, like. Dodgers. I think he started, like, free agency for yeah. everyone. Yeah, it was, like, the Sunday night. Yeah. It was the Sunday night after the World Series. And, and we've. And we got rid about- of Nick Nelson, too. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Yes, to the Phillies. Yeah. <laughs> I texted all my friends that are Phillies fans. Yeah. I was like, this guy's the worst pitcher I've ever seen. And they were Does like. not throw strikes. Great. That's all we've got down here. <laughs> I couldn't stand it. He he started every count two and out. He never. I don't think he ever threw a first pitch strike. It, it was painful to watch. They used him as an opener. Oh, what a disaster! It just it wasn't good. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We cleared house on some... uh some coaching yeah what did you think i supported the firing of tims and pj pilateri i i didn't like their approach not that it was their fault necessarily but i feel like they just needed a shake up because well, they it fucking is. didn't hit it yeah. is their fault it's the coach's fault if the players don't play it's the coach's fault that's that's just how the job is if yeah. you don't want to be measured by that do a different job no um uh yeah no i mean i think like clearly Something on the the offensive side has not been working. The message isn't getting across. The approach, whatever the hell it is, has not worked. So they had to go. And then, you know, hey, Phil Nevin, like, I know there were people like, people wanted Phil Nevin to, like, be the next manager. And it's like, <laughs> based on what? Based right. on you know his name? And you only know his name 
because he got drafted in front of Jeter. That's the only reason why we know his name. I forget. I would forget his name as third base coach a billion times. Hundred percent. He th- what did he, he did something funny one time, or he yelled at some, or he yelled at he a yelled, yeah. coach. Everybody liked that. Yeah, yeah he so also provided a distraction to like get guys unfocused from the game, and he missed a lot of time, you know, being sick with COVID. Like that's we why we know. The, we hired the old Mets manager Louis Rojas, and he's going to be the new third base coach. There we go. You know what? And he's going to coach outfield. I don't give yes. a fuck who coaches the bases. <laughs> no. I really don't. Like because. I, I mean, and Nevin had some bad sense. Yeah, yeah. Like, he had some bad sense. <laughs> and that's the only uh, – there is never going to be a guy who, like, builds his career as a third base coach with just like, oh, well, that was a great send. <laughs> like, he really – you know, uh, you're going to get some people out. You're going to get – you know, some guys are going to get out. Some guys are going to, uh, you know, get in there just safe. Some guy, Sometimes the catcher is going to bobble it, whatever it is. That's not how they're – I mean, maybe by us that's how it's measured. All fucking good send, bad send. It's one, of those, it's one of those jobs where you, the good ones don't get noticed. Like a good yeah. third base coach, you don't know his name. You never hear about him because they're just – you don't notice it. So You hear about him because guys are just like, oh, yeah, I've been working on this other thing. You know, oh, why is your uh, – Clint, why are you able to fucking go to the wall and catch it? Oh, well, because Nevin has been – you know, because that's what Rojas is going to do. He's the outfield coach. I don't know what else Nevin coached, but you know, oh yeah, he's been working with me on these other areas. You know, that's what it is. It's never you're not measured on how you wave your arm as a third base coach. No, no. And I so they kept or they got rid of Clint Odor, Gittens, and Wade. Were you surprised that they held on to Andujar because he really hasn't had a place in like three years? Um, I I think maybe there was a hope for like a trade. Okay. Maybe there's a hope because there's no value. Clint had there was there was no trade market for Clint because they tried to trade Clint uh, a couple of times the past couple of years. Yeah, remember when they could have traded him for Cole? Cashman said no. Yeah. <laughs> good, well, good job. You know, we tried to trade him for Robbie Ray from Ar- you know in Arizona, yes. and Arizona just said like, nope, we're not interested. The Yankees tried to add more to it. And uh, they were just like, no, we just don't want that guy. Like, he's a head case right now. So they've been trying to trade him. He had no value. Like, if you look at these guys, like Gittens, almost no value, asked to leave. Odor, you know, like, why would I trade for Odor? I know you're just going to release him anyway. Um, And he only ends up in Baltimore. Uh, And then when you look at Wade and Clint, no, what? There's no trade value there. I mean, obviously we we traded Wade, but for what? Nothing. And uh, it's classic case of Cashman always hanging on to guys too long until their values down to zero. I mean, how many prospects? Look at every pitcher in Triple A. Yeah, <laughs> every single one of them. Oh, Davy, the Davy's going to come back next year and be a force. So, what do you think rotation wise? Do you think they're going to add anybody, or do you think they're just going to say if Sevy's healthy, if? Tyone can pitch a full season and just play the if game. Well, Tyone, you know, he had the ankle. Now locked out. Can't use facilities. He's on his own to heal. Dude, dude go to XL Great. Physical Therapy. Like, come on. it's No, no, no. I'm sure he is. Yeah. But I'd rather he be with the Yankees training staff. Of course, of course. You know? Of course. Because um, I saw a thing. I, I forget what team it is. Like, Zach Britton's brother works for – I think he works for the Orioles. And so it's like, you know, technically they're not allowed to talk at Christmas. Um, but, yeah, so 
Yeah, I mean, we're going to go out there. We're going to go Seve. We're, we're going to go Cole, Seve, Tyone, Montgomery, and fucking Nestor. <laughs> yeah, they probably won't sign a pitcher. And then they'll say, oh, we have Herman and Clark Schmidt and Davey as depth. Yeah. And he'll name them. Yeah. We got a lot of depth. A lot of depth. <laughs> now, for some people, a lot of depth is like a 10 foot deep in the pool. If you also have a pool that is a square mile and three inches, technically you add up all that depth. That's a lot of depth. Yeah, it's it's, it's Cole and Prey. It's the same thing. as yeah. And Cole didn't even get it done. So I took some time and I actually went back and re-listened to our, our Wild Card Night podcast. And I do – I guess I didn't realize how big of a deal the hamstring was. But looking back, I kind of wish that he would have – if it was affecting him that bad, I wish he would have said have someone else start the game is what I think now. No. That's not what you want. If you know you're going to be that ineffective and you know you you can't fucking put weight on it or whatever his situation is. I mean you still get – listen, if he he says that, you put someone else out there, we still lose that game. Probably, yeah. Well, definitely, yeah. And then it's – and then it's Cole's a bitch who couldn't go out there and gut it out. I agree. It's it was a no-win, a no-win situation. situation. Yeah, but we, it, saw the, we, we saw the one, so I kind of guess I just want to see the other yeah, one. Yeah, if you want to lose another way, we could <laughs> fantasize about that all you want. I didn't realize that he was that because I feel like in the starts leading up to it, I know he had a shitty ERA at the end, but he had a couple of five-inning starts. He was still keeping them in games. He did not have any starts like that where it was two innings yeah. and the wheels fell off. Yeah, it, it was bad, but – um. Oh, I forget how they said. Like, listen, when you have a workhorse and you just keep adding on to what they're pulling, eventually the horse breaks down. They should have skipped him for a couple of. They skipped him for one start. In well, September. I mean, we we almost missed the playoffs. How many yeah. times are you gonna? Yeah, fucking now you're skip right. Him? It was such a no win. It was such a no win. It situation. comes down to just being a bad baseball team. Yeah. <laughs> Analytics, baby. Like, what? What was our win streak last year? At one point, thirteen. So yeah, take away. So they went ninety-two and whatever. So they won ninety-two games. If you take away the thirteen winning game winning streak, they were basically five hundred. Yeah, I think that's under five hundred. Yeah, (laughs) without that thirteen game win streak, which was you know the longest win streak they've had in a zillion years. If we don't do the impossible. For one stretch, we don't even make the playoffs. Yeah, and the win streak wasn't even that fun. They were beating. They were playing on the West Coast. It wasn't. It, it wasn't. Every, like it was were, all six five games. Yeah, yeah. We weren't well, winning thirteen to two. We weren't resting anyone. No, no. It was. Uh, it, it was a bit of a letdown. Bad team. Bad team. Um. Yeah. So, and now we brought in. I like Eric Chavez coming in. Can't hurt. Seems like a good guy. Who's a decent player in Moneyball. Not the not him. There was an actor who played him. It's called him Chavi. We got three hitting coaches. Dylan Lawson Dylan Glosson is the head guy, or Dylan Lawson, and then Casey Dykes and Eric Chavez are the assistants. Which feels like a lot of hitting coaches. Yeah, right? Because they had two, now they're going to three. Yeah. Like I understood the assistant hitting coach, but now you've got two of them. I don't know. I feel like maybe messages get lost. You're uh you're open. You're more open to like not not necessarily dissension within the ranks, but disagreements. It's a lot of moving parts. Overall, when you look at what they did on the pitching side and going from 
Rothschild to a really analytical heavy guy, Matt Blake, and that worked. The pitching was better last year. So I do support the move to go a little bit more analytical here uh, with the hitting coach. And apparently this guy, Lawson, was really good in the minors and, and players really like him. So I mean, I, I think it could help. The only highlights that we get the last couple of years are that like every one of our minor league teams is in first place all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so like I'm with it. And, you know, again, Eric Chavez, you know, spent time, a lot of time with the athletics, with Billy Bean, talking about taking pitches, talking about approach. You know, we want to see the 10th, 11 pitcher by the end of that series. That's a quote from Brad Pitt. <laughs> no, we do. We do. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And we have the lockout. We yeah. got a lot going on. So there's a lot of moving parts. With the lockout, we got the salary cap, the COVID protocols, all, all sorts of different things. Where do you want to start with the lockout? Like, what is number one on your mind? In all right. So, to this number lockout? one is that it's very easy to go, oh, it's just millionaires and billionaires fighting with each other and billionaire owners. I blame them. I blame fucking everybody. I, they didn't start seriously negotiating until the last week of the old CBA. It was like four days before. Yeah. <laughs> So on both sides, I place blame as a fan because I get it. You know, oh, well, it's the owners. The owners get so much money. They're not giving us our fair share. Um, You know, how are we going to break up this money? And to a certain extent, I believe that that's right. That, you know, the while we do see these huge, huge contracts that guys get like Scherzer or Trevor Bauer, um, there are a lot of guys that are making, you know, the league minimum that, you know, 500,000 barely get by if this CBA, but it only covers major league baseball. It doesn't cover minor league baseball. If they're out there and they're holding out because, Hey, we need to make sure that minor league players have a livable wage. I'm not saying they, they need to be millionaires, but like they can live. Can it be in ketchup sandwiches in the car? Exactly. Yeah, they don't. They can't have six guys in a one-bedroom apartment sharing it. Like yeah. you just can't do that. Um, and you want to say that there should be a, a a minimum tax, like you know whatever that floor is, fifty million, sixty million dollars, and everything under that, you're gonna pay up to that sixty into the league. Like those are great things to hold out on. But from just like a PR standpoint. Bring that to the owners early. Like, make that very public. Like, play the media. Um, So both sides can kind of get fucked. And every day that it goes by, I care less and less about baseball. Dude, I don't care at all about the the lockout. Like, like, and you know what I'm really not looking forward to is the updates from the, you know, those reporters. Like, oh, they met today and they talked about raising the salary cap and they talked about getting vaccines. Like, I don't care at all. I don't care. And honestly, the the Yankees' apathy and the Yankees playing – shitty combined with just bought a house I'm, I'm getting married like i just feel like i've been i'm less invested now than i was 17 18 19 for sure yeah and that's what happened i mean you run the risk because think about you know for it's been essentially a month they've been locked out right the yankees could have made some moves every team could have made some moves could start now with those moves you start thinking about, well, what's the lineup? What's the rotation going to be? What's all these things? All the, the things you get to do that make kind of baseball fun as a fan. Well, you know, any sport. We don't get to do because, like, 
fuck you guys. Like, that's what it is. It's like, I don't even get to think about that because you care about me as a fan so little that you waited until so the last week to negotiate. And here's the thing. At the end of the day, whether it's the owners are getting, you know, 60%, the players are getting 40 it's 50-50, it's 51-49, however it is, you get a million dollars, You minor leaguers get $5,000, beers are going to be 20 bucks. Regardless, yeah. <laughs> That's who's paying for it. Yeah, the owners aren't no paying what. for it. The players aren't sacrificing it. You're going to get a pretzel for $9.50. <laughs> Heineken's for $17.50. At 25 ounces. What, do you got a coupon? <laughs> like, that's the thing that annoys me because I get so geared up, and I mean, you do too, to go to games. Like, watching games on my TV, that's an addiction. That's a serious problem that I have. Getting to go to the games is like, oh, well, like, it's nice. Like, listen, if I'm fucking doing drugs sitting here in my living room, it's a problem. If I go to Amsterdam, that's culture. Right. <laughs> right. No, you're exactly right. Great analogy. So that's, you know, so I need Amsterdam. But you're telling me Amsterdam's got $20 beers. You're telling me maybe I can't go to Amsterdam, you know. And you're letting the rest of the world, like, life, the same way you were talking about marriage. Like, I had another kid. It like it gets tougher and tougher to get to games. You're gonna make it more expensive. You're making it less of a desire to go. For sure. And the thing that we always do that we daydream about, it's like, oh, it's June, it's Tuesday, you're having a shitty day at work, but Friday night I'm going to the stadium and we're playing Houston or we're playing the Cubs or we're playing Boston and kind of gets you through the week and then you get to that Friday, like, oh, I'll, I'll cut out of work a little early. And it's just like when you lose that, like you say, that buzz, that excitement, yeah, it's it's not the same. Do you think that they will have the lockout cleared up before mid-February? No, I think it's going to be – I think they're going to do it around March 1st and there's going to be an abbreviated spring training. And, and they'll, they'll do like three to four weeks. It will almost be like the summer camp thing. Maybe they won't play other teams and they'll just scrimmage each other and then they'll start opening day on time. I think spring training is going to be like a fugazi, not a real spring training this year. I agree. I think that's exactly what I think is going to happen. And I think it maybe will be used to negotiate like cutting down spring training. Long term. Yes. Because yeah. I, I know the players, they all complain about it and they think it's too long. It's because it's, it's seven weeks or. Yeah. Because like there are guys who need all that time to ramp up. And I think, you know, they'll the facilities will be available. But is it like, hey, you got to come every day and like those last two weeks of games where nobody's playing? Like, do we yeah. really need that? Remember um, Mariano? He used to just show up like two weeks in. I By remember the time he was 35, 36. Mariano showed up to spring training one time, and you know they had you know they have everything in your locker for you, and he took his gray pants and just threw them oh, on the yeah. floor. And they were like, "What are you doing?" He was like, "I won't need those. <laughs> I'm not going to road games. Yeah. I'm not getting on a bus. Yeah, I will not be needing me? those." Yeah, I mean, I just think there's like there hasn't been much progress. There's been like we hear these meetings where it's like, oh, well, they show they met in Dallas and they showed up. The players showed up and they left in 45 minutes. And uh, but the owners presented and now they'll like come back 45 minutes to present. How are you going to run a league? It's a joke. No and people tried. are like hanging on for these updates. This is what's going to happen. Nothing. We're going to get no updates all of January. 
February, they'll be like, oh, maybe they met. And then February 27th, they'll be like, oh, shit. And then they'll negotiate for three days and do it in early March. That That's what's going to happen. Nothing will happen. In Once I, I think th- there is a date. And I think it's maybe similar to how they approached um, the 2020 season with COVID. Like there are certain markers where it's like if we don't get start, if we aren't done with a, an agreement by this date, we and then you know we've got to get done. Then we've got to give players whatever it is a week's notice to show up. Then they need X amount of time. So they reverse engineer. They have a date that is we need to be done by this date or the season doesn't start on time. If the season doesn't start on time, that you, you, you lose fans. I'm not saying you lose every fan, but there are people who will go. I'm not, I, I don't need to come back. And it I'll catch up a game. the schedule. It, yeah. The, the schedule set, like you, you'd have to do some sort of re- reshuffling there, which would be, which would be really annoying. But yeah, there's going to be a, a certain date. Like you said, and it's going to go in the reverse order with the NFL and the NBA. Their free agency, it's like, all right, free agency starts, and then all the players basically sign the first two days. Do you think that's what it's going to be like when they open this thing back up? The, I don't know, the Trevor Stories and the Correas of the world, they are, they're all going to sign within like a day or two of each other? Or do you think it'll go like right up to the start of the season? So I think, I mean, they're still negotiating. Like I think pl- agents and teams are still talking. Okay. Because um, like what is that like what rule? No rules broken because there are no rules. They're in international waters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if it is a like, hey, spring training starts in a week. Yeah, that's going to happen. It's going to all happen like that. Because like in the and and in the NBA, they don't even like Kevin Durant just called the Nets and was like, hey, I'm signing with you. Like they didn't make him an offer. Right. Right. They didn't recruit him. Like it, it's all. This is how much money you get because you've been here for however long in the league. The, the Correa thing with the back is very – that's very interesting. If, if they're not – if he's not going to show the medicals unless he gets an offer, like I don't know. No team's going to give him $330 million not knowing what the medicals say. I mean just if – for $330 million, I don't want to have to think about any part of your body before no. that contract. No. Like if I – if I'm thinking now – if you've been injured, you've had injuries and stuff, and it's like, oh yeah, he had, you know, he pulled a hamstring back in seventeen, you know, he oh he had an oblique here in twenty, you know, hey, there are injuries and stuff. Or maybe he had one injury a couple of years ago. But I'm just thinking about one part of your body. That's trouble, and a back too. It, yeah. that's as a short nag. Yeah, there's yeah. nag. They don't really go away. People rarely get surgery on the back. Even like a torn ACL, you repair it and you come back. Yeah, it's not like Aaron that. Hicks's back is forever an issue. <laughs> yes. From being from sitting on a bus ride for for 30 minutes. I did want to ask you about one player who's not in the majors yet. And this is a guy who I just think is being incredibly overhyped. And I'm, I'm worried. No that way he can live up to it. Set up to fail. It's Anthony Volpe. They yeah. are hyping this kid up. He was on the Yes Network there. You know, and I think that's the reason they're not signing a shortstop. Well, because he's not a major league player. That's why he's on the Yes Network. They <laughs> right. can't have major league right. players on. Right. <laughs> But I just think, and after seeing what happened, uh, Glaber and Clint, they both kind of flamed out. I, I just, he seems like a great kid. I hope he's good, but I feel like everybody is setting themselves up. There are no signs that we can develop a player. No. At all. So, yeah, I mean, you got to get concerned about it. I'll know that we're really in trouble with for Anthony Volpe when we have the ability to trade him for a really good player and we don't. Oh, uh, yeah. 
That's when I'll know his career's <laughs> over. No, I mean, I'm hoping for him. He's a local guy. Yeah. I think we should set it up to, to give him the shot. But, yeah, he is getting a little overexposed because, like, there's just not the player access this offseason that there normally is. And I just think it's a mistake to say, oh, we're not going to sign one of these stud shortstops because we have this kid that might turn out to be as good as them. Like, that is just a flawed way to look at things, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it was Seager. I think Seager was the guy. And when that, you know, and he's had his injury issues as well. Sure. But I think Seager was the guy, left-handed bat, because even when you look at adding Rizzo and Gallo to the lineup, even though they didn't play amazing, having the lefty bats was so different. It helped. It helped, for sure. And and the thing I was saying earlier about the whole elite pitching thing, and I think this is the problem with the Yankees, over 162 games, they're able, in a big-ass sample size like that, they'll, they'll win some blowouts, they get to play bad teams, and the numbers look okay. But it's been a consistent issue in big games against great pitching in the playoffs and the regular season that these guys just don't hit elite pitching. And that's why I wanted Seager. He gets... You know, he gets hits against really good pitchers. I know it sounds basic, but, you know, our, like I said, our guys hit home runs against the Royals and the Orioles and shit the bed against Devaldi in the playoffs. Like, that's what our lineup is. Yeah. And we don't have roster flexibility. That's the biggest thing that we want right now. And we just, we don't have it. And I don't see a way out of it aside from, you know, not, not re signing Gallo, not re signing. Gary, maybe trading flexibility next year. Maybe trading Judge. That that ship has sailed. I don't know. That ship has sailed. He's a happily married man now. Dude, the the Vax thing is now that I'm thinking about it between him, Rizzo, and, and who else. I mean, depending on how the the negotiations go with the protocol. What if Judge? I mean, Judge can't go to Toronto. Well, it's not. That's not a. That's not a protocol thing. That's not the league. That is the Canadian government has said. No, I know for that, but the yeah. players might have like you know how the NFL has different rules for vaccines. Yeah. Versus, I mean, it, so I've been. I mean, Halloween we've been talking about COVID now for fucking two years on this yeah. show. Um, <laughs> and I've been like a very you know more outspoken, more like get vaccinated, which I I still think you should. My I think this Omicron is infecting so many more people but it's milder and so my hope is that that helps bridge the gap towards you know whatever herd immunity is interesting okay and and you know and at least makes it easier where we're not over running hospitals um some places hospitals are still you know being full but for the mo- for the most part the deaths the hospitalizations it's like 90 something percent vaccinated un, unvaccinated people yes yes so we are as a society going to hit a point and i think it really is when everybody can get vaccinated like kids like uh kids five and under can't mm-hmm. now yeah. i believe once we hit that they can like for me once my my kids can get a vaccination and i know they're less likely to end up in the hospital even though the risk for kids is dramatically lower anyway then I don't give a shit. Get vaccinated. Don't get vaccinated. I don't fucking die. I don't care at all. Free up the highways. There's too much traffic. <laughs> it's a nice, nice way to to wrap things up. Yeah. No, nice, light, positive note. Yeah. I mean, I just so I, I think our plan is because some people ask if we're going to do a holiday episode, whatever. And now, you know, hey, we've gotten to gone together, you know, when baseball gives us something to talk about, we'll be back to talk about because normally January we start doing this again. 
So right, no, you're right, and I like you said, we can't come on here every week and do four greatest Yankees or, or any of that shit. Like I just can't, I can't do it. I got to react to what's happening. Nothing's happening. Yeah, there's nothing to happen. And if you want me to make up hypotheticals or talk about the 1987 Yankees or like how fun it was in 1998, like I don't know, buy me a beer. We could talk about it at a bar, maybe. But like, I just don't have it in me, man. You know? No, no, me neither. I mean, hopefully in like a month we'll have we'll have something. Yeah, that's that's the hope. Are you, wait, real quick, are you are you planning on going to opening day as of now? When is opening day? It's April 5th, right? I think it's like the ninth or the tenth. I think they start on the road, and then they're on the road for a week or two, and then they come home. Well, like I'm on. Listen, I'm on paternity leave right now. Like I'm on. Technically, I'm on paternity leave on Monday, and this week I'm just off for like the holiday. Got it. Okay. So I don't go back to work until April twenty fifth. So I'm off. Oh, so you're good. So you're good for those, yeah. And so, yeah, like, so opening day, it's not even like, ah, oh, can I figure out, like, getting to work? As long as the world's not on fire, you know, who knows what the hell's coming our way. Um, yeah, I easily just, like, ask my mother-in-law, hey, can you watch the baby today? Daddy's going drinking. That is nice. I'm really excited to be closer to the uh, to the games. I'm really fired up about that. Yeah, I mean, you just have to, like, commit to your games early oh so mm-hmm. they open april 7th red Sox at home the 7th okay yeah i can yeah i can make that i can make that happen um so commit early why just for planning you need to older? No, you need to commit early and buy your amtrak tickets early you can't be doing jersey transit into it's well actually you don't have to transfer anymore right i'd say i go right to hamilton oh it's like an hour all right. Hour ten, maybe. I'll yeah. try different ways. I could go. I could go Amtrak from Trenton. Yeah, as well. And that's or you like should at least minutes. you should book your Amtrak's like home. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Set for yourself sure. up for a little luxury coming home. Assume yeah, yeah. the win. Assume you know you're going to be celebrating. But yeah, I mean, I went Labor Day weekend, um, and, and you know I was up there, and it's just like so much fun just being up there for like a Saturday. So yeah. It is. My goal is, yeah, is to get to opening day on April 7th. Um, and then, yeah, and then who who knows what else I can try to squeeze in that month. I, I also have on the radar, you know, April 16th, 7.05. Ball, <laughs> it's Baltimore. Baltimore week. It's Baltimore week. And then they go, I think they're there in July. There's another weekend. They're, yeah, they're camping Dude, if you're If you're in Baltimore on a Saturday and you're the Yankees, it's going to be a 7 o'clock game. And you're probably going to see me there. Oh, one last thing about yeah. like the league in general. Right before the lockout, oh yeah, we do. We open up uh, after the All Star break, late July, July 23rd. Baltimore. Is that the week. first game after the break? Uh, they play on Friday, but yeah, those oh, are the first sick. games after the break. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, I'll be there for that. That's yeah, the or- yeah, the Orioles will be nice. well rested too because they don't have um, they won't have any All Stars. <laughs> when are you getting married again? Uh, the 23rd, so I will not – that – would you say the 16th? I won't be able to swing that. There's no way. Yeah? Bachelor <laughs> Party Part 2? <laughs> That'll be tough. But, yeah, after – you know, starting April 24th or whatever, um, I'll be be game. I, honestly, I want to hit a lot of Friday night games. I really like doing that last year. Like in the summer, you know, you log off around 4, yeah. shoot right up there. Yeah. Um, nice. So the last thing before, right before the league like shut down, is it came out 
that the league was switching balls. I think that like that is that's another that's a major issue. To say, well, our supplier, you know, because of COVID, couldn't get enough balls. You are the supplier. Yeah, you, you own Rollins. Own Rollins. Right. <laughs> right. That's you. You did that. I think that's that makes one that makes negotiations tough because you know you jump to the conspiracy theories and the players association is saying that like hey you did this to suppress batting averages and you know hurt players who are going into free agency absolutely and i it didn't surprise me at all like rob manfred is so slimy and scummy nothing surprises me anymore like i was not surprised at all when i saw this and it seemed not if that you I watch suspect- the iowa game if you watch yes, the game in yeah. iowa it was like oh something's up here yeah that was a, yeah no that was a that was a key one yeah the balls were balls were flying and then other games you know but you're right and then i remember there was a sunday night when they played on sunday nights at home in the espn spot and they'd have some pop-up home runs that would barely get out. And then they'd play a weeknight game in Kansas City, and the ball wasn't going anywhere. I think they juiced it for the national, the nationally yeah. televised. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, big games like that. Yeah, real scummy shit. Just wanted they to touch figure on out that. The ball. They got oh, and they got to figure out: Are they gonna put the slot or the the sticky the, uh, stuff tack on the ball? Yeah, a lot, lot to talk about. Yeah, they have a lot of shit. Like this isn't just uh, hey, what percentage of money are you gonna give us? No. Like, there's a lot more. There's a lot of distrust. But we'll see. Well, we'll get back to you guys when, I don't know, there's literally anything to talk about. Um, listen, until then, you know, I don't know. We'll see you at the parade or, or whatever. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.